Love show for the love of music, lifestyle, well being, and culture while caring for our planet. On this show, I will be chatting with musicians, artists, and creative minds that are living life on purpose by doing what they love. Welcome, Ben Catley, to One Space Love. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to have you on. How are you going today? I'm very well, thanks. Very You're well. Pouring a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, the tea is poured. It is oh, steeping, and I am helping it steep. No, good. Yeah. Thank goodness for cups of tea. Wholesome yeah. morning. <laughs> I can't start my day. I'm on a, a cleansing. I'm eating very clean at the moment. Um, but I love my cup of tea in the morning. Not that that, you know, that's my ritual in the morning. I just love a good cup of tea. What kind well, of tea? Yeah, are we I know I like here, all tea, but I have to, I like to start my day with an English breakfast. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> and it has to be, I don't like Earl Grey, it has to be English breakfast. It looks like we could we're having a bit of a yeah. sponsor segment here. Should we mention a brand? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea yeah, what this is. Um, ben, can you introduce yourself to the listeners by finishing the statement, I am? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I am. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I am content um, is, is how I'd answer that currently. <laughs> um without being too um, thinking on it too much. But, yeah, I guess I'm just pretty content where I am um, at the moment um, <laughs> in a space of being pretty grateful, I guess, um, with where I've got my music to, but also, um, you know, being in, being in Perth, um, lack of lockdown and stuff at the moment. And uh, it's, it's, very, it's a pretty privileged place to be currently. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know feel generally quite content in life at the moment with my tea and stuff. Mm. And that's, um, I mean, Perth, I have not been to Perth, but friends of mine just relocated from Sydney to Perth and I feel like it is a blessed place to be right now. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's lovely and it's it's sunny again today, which is nice. It's been pretty stormy and, and windy here for a bit. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a great spot to be in at the moment. But, Beautiful. Um, you know, never know when, never, never know when it might catch up to what's going on with the rest of the world here. I don't know. Yeah. All we can do is stay in this moment. So unknown. Indeed. We've Indeed. learnt about uncertainty and unknown. Now, mm. I know your accent does not sound like to me. Just when I was listening to you talk, it does not sound like you're from England. But I, I from <laughs> my research, I know that you were you grew up in England, and now you're living in yeah. Australia because you. You fell in love with Australia. So let's go back to England. Where exactly did you grow up and when did you pick up music into your, you know, everyday life? Um, I grew up on the uh, the cold shores of um, northeast mm-hmm. England, um, just below the Scottish border in a place called Newcastle, a coastal town, um, Tymouth, North Shields area. Um, yeah, and I, I picked up the guitar when I was about eight years old. Um, and pretty much self-taught. I had a few lessons when I was about, I don't know, I did a couple of lessons at school, 
even though I didn't really pay attention. Um, and then when I was about 14, I had a, f- a few lessons, um, which was cool because it, it was a guy that I, I mean, my mum probably might end up hearing this, but I, I, we never really learned much music in those lessons. <laughs> um, going, I would pay my £10 when my mum gave me to go and um, go and get half an hour guitar lessons. But I was just so intrigued by him as a person and what he did with music that we ended up just talking about like all the cool stuff he did. And um, yeah, we, I learned some guitar, um, but I don't know, it was just more, I don't know. <laughs> experience I was kind of getting from him I guess um so it was very beneficial either way so was he a, a, a you know an an older figure for you that was actually living and and doing music in his lifestyle like that is that what inspired you yeah he was, yeah. yeah I think so he was um uh yeah music was his, his full work and he was a teacher in a high school I think but he played mm. in bands and quite successful bands and he played different instruments but his guitar was his main instrument and um I do a bit of kind of tapping on the guitar and that was the, he was the first person I saw do that and kind of inspired me to do some there tapping. Um, so yeah, that, that was definitely a big turning point in my, my style of guitar playing, mm. I think. Yeah. Do you remember his name? Yes, Peter Richardson. Yeah. I've tried to find him on Facebook Have you? and stuff. I thought that, um, yeah, I would reach out yeah, to him. Just, just to kind of yeah. get in touch. But um, I think I think I did years ago, but I'm not sure. I might have to try and follow up though and just see I what he's doing. I feel that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Send him a message of appreciation and thanks. Send the podcast to him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So then was it was it encouraged to you to that you could be a musician or was it was there something else that you thought I'm going to, you know, when when the children are asked as they get older in school, what are you going to be when you grow up? Was it that you knew you were going to be a musician mm. or were you already trying to pocket yourself into something else to to accommodate to? Yeah, yeah. not at all. I mean, I only ever considered music as just, just yep. a hobby and and something that I, that I really loved. Uh, I used to spend just hours and hours in my bedroom just playing and learning people's songs and playing along as a kid. Uh, but, yeah, never considered it as a, a viable um you know, business or source of income, I guess, um, until well, only the past five or six yeah. years, really. Um, yeah, when I was younger, I was always into um, to art and design and things like that, which is kind of my original career. And I, I still freelance doing graphic design, um, which is how I um, how I managed to stay in Australia originally. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Always kind of been in the creative space. Always been in the creative space, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Well, at least you were you were able to express your creativity. Like <clears throat> you know, for me, I did fashion and and styling, but it was always something creative. Yeah. You know. Um. But that's yeah, great cool. that you were able to fall into something creative anyway. Um. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a great. And it. it's and yeah. it helps and it's another part of the puzzle that helps you to who you are today. So. Yeah. What was that initial point that brought you over, you know, that were you in a, you know, that pulled you over to Australia? Was it just travel exploration or was there something in you that you that you felt there was any signs or any crossroads that brought you to Australia? Um I mean I definitely had the um the the travel um desire for mm. sure. Um but I actually had a job that I really loved back in the UK before I came here. Um, and it took it took a long time to get my head around quitting a job that I'd worked a while to get to, like studied for. Um, and it was like a, a good position in a like a good advertising design mm. agency in the UK. And I, it was so much fun, like working in a, a design agency. Yeah. A design agency was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it, I think it took me about two months to actually get my head around quitting 
um, that place. And it kind of taught me quite a lot, I guess, because it, it's, it was a sign that I could actually remove myself from something that I loved and enjoyed and was, you know, getting, getting paid for and stuff and, and be able to move on and take it to an, another level and have more enjoyment and, and such. Um, so it was, it was a big, um, a big turning point in my life to, to do that for myself. Um, what do you think it was that that yeah. gave you the hunger to even consider leaving? You know, most some people reach a position and at the top of the mountain in that career path and and work, and then they get there and then they're like, "I just have to keep staying." Like, there's they might have a little voice saying, "You know, go here," but it's they listen to mm. the voice that says, "Stay." You've got, you've achieved this far. Stay. What do you? Yeah, totally. Oh, I mean, and that's a totally understandable <laughs> thing. And uh, I, I mean, I was I was definitely fighting with that voice yeah. a lot because you know you you work and you study to get somewhere and you're stoked with where you are. But then uh, I don't know. I had to have some um, some perspective and realize that if I stayed where I was, although it was great, um, I, I didn't see much growth over the next few mm. years. Even though it would be very comfortable, I could see some complacency mm. creeping mm-hmm. in, maybe, which isn't good for creativity, especially in a creative field. So. Um, um, but I did have a, um, I had a girlfriend at the time who wanted to move to Australia uh, really badly. And um, <clears throat> I had an opportunity about a year previous that, um, uh, to that where I could have gone traveling at a good a good point. Um, so, yeah, it, it, when she wanted to go, it was a point where I was very comfortable. And, saying, oh. and then it just got to a point where I had to surrender to it and just say, all right, Got to, got to do it, and just try. I was twenty, twenty-five then, twenty-six. Yeah, um, I knew that. I, yeah, it was a good. Yeah. It was a good. I knew, I knew there was a woman. Was a good sorry, I spoke life, over so. you. <laughs> I don't usually do that. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not grounded today in lockdown, um, and I'd admit that to all the listeners. I, I wanted to say that I felt there was a woman behind that decision. So you came over together. Sorry, I had to get it out of you. <laughs> we did. No, of course, of course. Um, uh, yes, we came over together, um, and I think we we split up maybe three or four months after we arrived. <laughs> and I thought like, that. <laughs> you know, you hear that hear that story many a times, yeah. But we just found ourselves on different paths, and yeah, yeah. And so, going to that moment of being on your own now, was this in WA? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we we knew one person we knew in Perth, and they said we could um, stay with them um, for cheap rent. And the and the, the British pound was useless against the Aussie dollar at the time, um, so any any um, kind of opportunity of, of cheap rent was um, highly valued. So we came here and stayed in a little. Uh, it was like someone's art room, and we had a mattress on the floor and like surrounded by art supplies, which was quite good. Um, and just stayed there for a few months. Yeah, that's and, ironic, um, isn't it? Surrounded yeah. by art. <laughs> um, it was good, yeah, lots of paints and such and empty canvases. But, um, and then, yeah, I just uh, I just found so much opportunity and oh, I, I was just gen- generally stoked and, and feeling pretty proactive and, and hungry um, to kind of keep my keep my work ethic mm-hmm. going a bit. Like I, I wanted to enjoy being here and kind of treat it like a holiday, but I also wanted to keep my work going and, and um, yeah, I managed to find some good freelance work doing the design stuff, but then started finding some music projects to get involved with. And then that's kind of what mm. lit the, the fire of the solo artist kind of journey for me. How long did it take yeah. for those, you know, wheels to turn when you were like, because you started off playing guitar with musicians 
Mm. What was some of the, because yeah. I love to see when we have our paths and I've had a very colourful life, there's little points on the path, little crumbs that lead us to know, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to play music on my own. Because um, another thing I heard was, well, you, you know, you, you started to recognise you like singing as well as playing guitar and then you even auditioned mm. for a rock band. All right, how do you know that? Because I'm a good researcher. And, you know, ironically, <laughs> I wasn't a good researcher at school, so don't always pay attention to what yeah. school teachers tell you. <laughs> well, in the same vein, I was a, I was a useless singer and I still wouldn't consider myself a, a, you know, a great singer, but that's, I guess, on your, to answer your question there, um, uh, yeah, I I remember trying to do backing vocals in bands that I was playing in and um, back in the UK, and it was just kind of like, oh no, okay, obviously singing's not for me. I'm going to park that and just stick to the guitar because I'm comfortable yeah. and I feel confident of that. And um, but then when I came here, um, like I, I love like rock music and metal music uh, amongst all other kinds of um, genres, more yeah. relaxed music. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and. I found myself singing in the car a lot to, to the rock music I was listening to. And then I saw on Gumtree when I was just thinking about every day I was, when I first arrived here, I was looking on Gumtree just to find bits of work <laughs> and just little opportunities and, you know, people, musos who wanted a jam and stuff like that. And I found this like hard rock metal band who were looking for a vocalist. I was like, all right, I messaged them anyway. And they sent me two of the demo tracks they wanted um, vocals done too. Um, and I just demoed them at home. Um, and then I was, I wasn't, I was, kind of happy with them um, and they were keen to, to have a go anyway so we started rehearsing we never actually played any gigs because we couldn't find a regular drummer um, which is often the way um, but it got me on the path of trying vocals anyway and singing and um, so it's like oh I'm really enjoying this so I just started finding um, like vocal um, tutorials and um, just just exercises mm. really uh, I've never really learned any any singing technique but just how to breathe and how to project and not burn my voice out um, yeah, which one of the best hints I got actually? Yeah, there was a, I remember seeing on Facebook there was a, a front man from a really famous metal band, um, and he's like, "Oh, I'm stuck in a, an airport somewhere in in the US. Uh, I've got an hour. Send me any questions you have on Twitter." Um, so I signed up to Twitter quickly because I don't think I had it. <laughs> and I still don't. Um, and asked him a question like, "Oh, what do you do for your voice not to burn out?" And sure enough, he replied and gave me um, a link to um, a vocal training exercise by Melissa Cross, she's called. I think it's called the Zen of Screaming. Mm. And it's um, it's basically vocal exercises for, for metal singers, which although I'm not a metal singer, I was, yeah. I was just trying to do a lot of the projected like loud vocals. I was like, all right, let's give that a go. And that's the vocal exercise I've used pretty much every gig or before every recording studio for the last kind of five, six years or something. Um, yes, yeah, so that was kind of my, my short kind of path to learning how to sing, mm. I guess. <laughs> so I went from kind of believing that I was just the, like never able to sing at all to, to feeling now fairly comfortable, comfortable to, yeah. to sing. Yeah. Mm. And so playing in the heavy metal ba- band and then still doing the graphic arts and then meeting other musicians along the way, when did you start writing music or, or working with producers and making, you know, how long ago was that? Um, I started writing music pretty pretty young. I think I was about about 12 or 13 when I started like playing around. Um, I remember having a like a four-track tape. Yeah. Um, recorder back in like a Tascam um back when I was about 13 or something that I bought with some um some money from my paper round perhaps <laughs> I think <laughs> oh the nostalgia bloody hell. Oh, I, I was um, yeah I was having a nostalgic moment yesterday because we have so much time to think and I was sharing on Instagram mm. all the music 
you know, that brought me to here and and just talking about the the mixtapes we used to receive from friends when they would record us mixtapes. And I just oh. went down the Walkman state. My mind went to walking around with Walkmans and I had a beautiful day in memory oh. lane. <laughs> what, what romantic yeah, things. Mixtapes. I remember making mixtapes for a girl once. Yeah, and I just I couldn't I couldn't think of a more grand romantic gesture. That's what I wrote on my post. I said (laughs) it is actually still to this day one of the most romantic gifts you could give me. So I'm just putting that message out there (laughs) to to the universe. Thank you, everybody. Send yeah, please. (laughs) Mix something. uh, blushing now. Oh yes, yeah. right. So writing, writing music. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Tascam mix um, recording tapes, um, and then yeah, um, but yeah, recorded with bands, but in the UK. Um, but then, as a solo artist, um, started recording about. I think I released my first thing back in 2014, um, and I've used a few different producers around around Perth. Um, but there's one one guy that I Pavement use mostly who I'm super comfortable. Pavement with. Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I go in mm. with Land. Hmm. I go in with Lance Robinson at Pavement Studios. Um, mostly I've used others like Matt Geo and Andy Lawson, who are amazing um, over here. But um, Lance is around the corner. I feel super mm. comfortable to uh, just kind of try new different things and kind of just let myself be free in the studio with Lance. Um, so it's yeah, it's good. Talking about working mm. with Lance and working with producers, what's your creative process like? Like is it organic where you go in there and you're able to just you know, create on the spot or do you prepare a lot before you go in? Um, a bit a bit of both. What one of my favorite things I've done only only a couple of times is actually um kind of take a take a bit of a risk and a punt on myself and actually pay for studio mm-hmm. time but go in with with nothing mm-hmm. planned. And um I've got a, a couple of songs that I've released. Um one the main one was a song called Wildfire that I had out. And um I had a, a rough kind of feel in mind, but I, I didn't go in with any any lyrics or any any beat or any any guitar riff or anything. And we just uh, we did it all on the spot, and we got about eighty percent of the song done, kind of just just in one day, and all the lyrics written and stuff and things like that. And then um, so it was just a case of refining it, and then went mm. back in, and uh, that that was a really refreshing creative yeah. process to go through because um, it's it's super nice to have. Um, things that uh, you've planned and you've worked on, um, but then being free and just letting kind of music come out and just record it mm-hmm. in that moment, it, it kind of retains the energy a little bit in a way. So I really like that process. I haven't done it as much as, I've, as I'd like to since, but um, yeah, it's, uh, any any other musicians that I know I'd recommend that as a, a process to try occasionally, yeah. Sounds like working hard is very ingrained in you. Like I'm not sure where that came from, through family or you know just came in through you as your character but it sounds like you you're not afraid of hard work hmm. yeah yeah um, I mean I'm, I certainly have my lazy traits that's for sure <laughs> be the, if, if any friends listen to this they'll be like oh, that. <laughs> no but I, I think you've got to have the you've got to have the light in the dark right? I, I like having a really strong work ethic and I, I love working hard and to the point where you you're exhausted, but you've got to keep pushing through. Like I love those moments, like especially being on the road as a touring musician when you've got to wake up bleary-eyed at 7 a.m. to drive eight hours to get to the next gig, then play another show. And then and then sometimes I got freelance work to do kind of after I play oh, wow. the show. And it's just super exhausting, but in the most like enjoyable way. Um so when I come back home, like I just like giving myself the time to be super lazy and i've recently discovered afternoon baths oh me too <laughs> me too and i fill it with salt water uh, which is dangerous 
Yeah. Here, get yes, the Epsom salt in there. I do. I bought it in bolt. Yeah. Anyway. Get my uh, get my salt lamp in there yep. as well. Mm-hmm. And I and I just actually that sets me up for the rest of the day. Yeah, it's me. I feel yeah, yeah. yeah self care exactly. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you with that one. Um, well, I was going to actually go. So you you read my mind. I was going to actually transition then and ask you what are the practices that you integrate in your day because we are on one space love that you know not necessarily spiritual practices but practices that are helping you to to have creative flow. So one of them could be, you know, having a bath, but what else is are you passionate about that helps you stay in that zone? Um, oh, running yeah. and and fitness is definitely the pretty much the number one, I mm-hmm. think, for that. Um, it's just, or just any state change, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but which I find like cardiovascular exercise and like running is like getting a good sweat and getting your blood pumping for at least kind of 20 minutes and come back from that and your brain's in a different state to be able to operate I think Um, so yeah anything like that Um, I love the cold showers Mm. and and ice baths when I can as well uh, talking about changes of state Um, and uh, yeah Um, but also um I've been trying to get up because um, I'm not so much a morning <laughs> person typically. Um, but recently um, I got it from a, a mate of mine, Kim Churchill. Um, he he gets up a lot to to write before the sun yes. comes up. Um, and he, he's just very prolific with it. And I'm definitely more, more lazy on this front. But um, I'm trying to get up at kind of, it was 5.30 in summer, but now kind of 6.30 maybe. And uh, light a candle, get a tea on the go and just try and try and write and just let words and lyrics come out, uh, which is nice. And I'd like to do it more often, but um, it's it's quite difficult to get in a routine of that. Um, but that's, that's one um, little practice I've been doing recently. Beautiful. Um, and also just trying to make make a bit more routine with playing guitar. Um, it can be quite easy to, I, I mean, I always play it, It's um, but to try and make a routine of it and kind of practice regularly or write regularly um, is, is, is quite difficult. So I've been trying to make a point of that recently. And uh, I did something in the last, in our last lockdown over here about a month ago of writing a new kind of guitar, a percussive guitar piece yeah. every day, which is really beneficial. That sparked up a lot of new little um, little fires for me. Well, I was going to ask you now, talking about guitar, you are you also know some of my favorite artists that I've got to work with with One Space um events, Tijuana Cartel, Kelly Dad, Wild Marmalade. Where did you cross paths with all of these incredible musicians along your musical journey? (laughs) Incredible musicians. I know, yeah. Um, oh, all those guys are fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, I first of all met Caladad, um, who mm. I love them. <laughs> I, I owe I, I owe a lot of of kind of anything I've been able to do to to Caladad and to, to Jason in particular. Oh. Um, they were they were so helpful with me when I was kind of a little young hungry terrier trying to make mm. my way kind of a little bit higher in the music scene. And uh, I actually originally started doing some poster and tour artwork okay. for Caladad. That's how we met because they were, they were in Perth touring. This is probably four or five years ago. Um, looking for some, um, and they needed a last minute poster art and someone recommended me for it. And uh, I did their poster art and I was like, Oh, you're playing the Rosemount in Perth next week. Like, do you need another support act? And like, Oh, we've got, we've got two support acts already. Like cheers. I was like, Oh, that, 
can I just come play like 15, yeah. 20 minutes? That's a determination. <laughs> and Jason's like, like, that's the work ethic we appreciate in Calabad. So I, I got to open for them. Um, yeah. And then from there, we oh. became really good friends. And um, I ended up kind of doing a lot of the support here in WA. And then I joined them on quite a few shows over East, um, kind of, yeah, a lot, a lot of these actually, and mul- multiple times as well. But just, just because it worked so well, and we had such a good time on the road, and became good friends, and I, I love those boys dearly, and I'm very grateful for kind of all the little legs up they gave me, and little hints and tips along the way and stuff. Um, yeah, so I met Caladad first, and then ended up supporting Tijuana Cartel a few times, kind of through yep. through meeting them through the Caladad boys. And, and Tijuana Cartel um, have helped Caladad a lot. Yeah, oh, totally. So yeah. it's almost yeah. like yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Those guys have been going a, a while. Uh, I guess Tijuana, they've they've got a um, a great following and a, um, a great mm. legacy in the, the Australian music scene. Yeah. Well, I interviewed Callie Dad, and I, they were very they were talking like you about Tijuana Cartel. So it's just beautiful to hear you yeah. talk about Callie Dad the same way because it's like they're paying it forward. And and yeah. now you you've also got to play with Sio Mullumby and Wild Marmalade. Mm. Mm. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we met. Uh, we met about two years. It would be just before co- all the COVID stuff okay. happened. Um, we met at a festival in New Zealand. It was a yes. uh, New Year's Eve festival in New Zealand that we were mm-hmm. playing, and Cy was playing with, with Mild Marmalade over there. And then, uh, yes, we we met there. And then he's like, "Oh, I've just moved back to Perth. Let's catch up for a coffee." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, cool. That sounds good." And it, you keep, when you're kind of touring, you hear that quite a lot. That, you know, you will catch up, and it, you know, the intention's there, but it doesn't yeah. always happen. But we actually ended up catching up, and I think we bumped into each other in a in a bar in Fre- in Fremantle, and then we ended up hanging out and then we had a jam um, and then we ended up playing some shows together and then we ended up playing some more shows together and it's just been a very organic super fun kind of uh, journey with Sai yeah I'm very grateful to be kind of involved with him and his musical legacy as well because his his journey has been um, very impressive yeah I mean his mind I remember when we worked at the opera Mm. house and his um set list is actually was drawn out graphically like it was yeah his mind well it wasn't a set list it was a graphic picture that we had to work with when to bring them all on the stage and and he was on stage it was a progressive loop that he was bringing the artists it was like a dance like bringing the artists in and out there was no break there was no pause in the performance is what I'm trying to say so his mind just so inspiring and incredible Ah, he's he's so yeah. playful in in like yeah. in every way. Yeah, and he's a big like, kid. He's yeah, joyful, creative, and playful. Exactly. How did you yeah. get to meet Kim Churchill and and um, get to work with him? Um, me and Kim met at um, Nanup Music Festival just just March okay. gone. Um, through a, um, a mutual friend, one of my best mates, uh, Luke Fox, another artist um, who, who knows Kim well, and then um, we all kind of hung out at Hannah, hung out at Nanak Music Festival, and um, and there was a certain level of just stoke at this festival in particular because it was the first music festival back after the lockdowns mm. and stuff. So it was just the energy of that place the whole weekend was just everyone was just beaming with smiles. Um, and then, yeah, we, we got on really well, me and Kim, and um, we had some good laughs and talked music and just took the piss out of each other and found a, a very kind of mutual um, friendship mm-hmm. there. And um, and then he was coming back over to uh, to WA and just asked if I wanted to go and support him on his tour from uh, Exmouth, uh, no, sorry, Broom to Exmouth and back. Um, yeah, so we kind of got in a camper van for a couple Fantastic. of weeks. And it was great, great playing shows there. It was, it was, um, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because, 
he's enjoying doing the really intimate kind of gigs mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and yeah, my set's kind of pretty, pretty high energy, kind of rocky. And um, so it was nice to try and kind of chill it out a little bit and sit into a more intimate kind of space. And it worked really well. We had a great time. Yeah. So I've got a lot of respect for Kim. Because mm. I heard one of your tracks, you even got mixed by, um, Tijuana Cartel. So there, there is like a quite an upbeat element to your to your music as well for the listeners to know. You like playing with it. Yeah, yeah. it was a re- what track was that? Oh totally, yeah. yeah. Um Strong okay. Hands. Yeah, they did they did a remix of that about um about three years ago, two or three years ago, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I love the um uh, I don't know. If I'm on stage, I just love kind of treating it like a when I was talking about fitness before, but kind of treating it like a workout almost and just just emptying the the bucket and just like wringing the rag out on stage and just feeling exhausted it, it, by the time I come off. I, I love know. it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love I love delicate, gentle music as well. But when it comes to playing guitar for me, I just I just love kind of making it a bit of um, adrenaline, yeah, a bit of a workout. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Mm. Let's go there now to Wim Hof. How did ah. you get introduced to his incredible breathwork? And the ice baths, and you know, how did that come up in your life? Oh, me, me and Wim have been friends for years. Yeah, we go way back. Started <laughs> oh, back I was, in. I hope to meet him one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember how I came across it. Um, yeah, I can't remember how I first discovered him, but I, I've been doing the, his his breathing and his and the ice baths and and cold exposure for um, yeah three 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 or four okay. years now perhaps. And um, again, nothing that I keep super routine at, but I try and do it regularly and and, and enough. Um, but it's amazing. Yeah. Again, it's a just a full both of them are full state changes. Um, so if you, you know if anybody's ever feeling a bit of a creative lull or they're feeling a bit down or they know just the breathing or the ice baths or running or whatever I, I find is the perfect kind of click out of that out yeah. of anxiety and out of all those anxious thoughts yeah Everything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally I mean it's 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 not a, a forever fix but it's a, it's a good kind of push in the right mm-hmm. direction for sure yeah and well with I know a lot of people um that work with the breath work and the ice baths but did you go to a particular retreat Mm. and do it or did you you know have a facilitator or did you learn online and like you taught yourself guitar did you teach yourself the Wim Hof (laughs) yeah I did I did yeah yeah. I'm coming across as a bit of a a loner no I just yeah just just learned it myself um I mean it's easy the the breathing is online that you can just press play and just follow immediately pretty much um and the yeah the ice baths um first one i did yeah i think the first one i did was just a a few bags of ice yeah. in a in a yeah, cold yeah. bath and then um the past few winters actually um i don't know what color the they are over over east but the the green waste bins with the yeah. green lids um to where you put all where you put all your branches and leaves in we to have get that taken yep. out um yeah, so I use that wheelie bin, uh, fill it with water, and then uh, that stays in winter. It stays pretty cold, and then put a few few bags of ice in that. And it's if I was a couple of inches taller, it wouldn't fit. But it's like the perfect snug fit. And um, yeah, to sit and have a little whiskey whilst I sit in a in a wheelie bin full of ice. Is this on your own? <laughs> um, oh, sometimes get some mates to come and join with that. Um, I've done that on my own as well. It's good. Sure. <laughs> Um, but then I also have a friend around the corner um, from me in Scarborough here um, who's converted like a, oh. a, an industrial chest freezer um, and he sealed it. And that thing is so mm. cold. 
when you open that up for the first time uh, in the morning or whatever, there's like a block of ice about this thick that you have to crack open with a block. like a metal mallet. Um, and I think we're doing that this afternoon, actually. I haven't done it for a while with them. Um, but yeah, that thing is super cold. That is commitment. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the best feeling. It's so good. Mm. And now you've got to these tracks that have just been released. When did they get released, actually? Mm. Um, well, so Strong Hands and Run feature Wim Hof. Yes. So when yeah. did you release these tracks? Um, yeah. And um, well, both of those tracks were existing tracks yep. of mine, um, which Strong Hands, I think, was 2017, okay. and and Run Run was a year ago, just over a year ago. Um, yeah, and then I so you reworked um, them. Was I think? Okay. Yeah. Um, so the tracks themselves have pretty much stayed the same, um, but have just um, so Run had my vocals taken out, and I had. Um, Eamon Dilworth from Tijuana Cartel and did some trumpets for yep. that, um, which and that's kind of how it started. I was I was doing a remix of Run and was creating the trumpet parts that he'd send over. Uh, I was like, oh, I feel like in the in a few sections I could do with another element, and I just done some um, some wind breathing um beforehand it's like oh I'll try sample his voice from his breathing exercise, and it worked oh, wow. so well and like kind of. Like conceptually and sonically, um, mm-hmm. it kind of fitted with the um, because running the song was about running and obviously breathing and stuff with Wim, so it worked worked really well. And then I created the track and was like, oh, this sounds great, I'm stoked with this, but I don't know if I could put this out. And um, it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to try and ask permission. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a while kind of digging around to find like. I knew I wouldn't be able to get in contact with him directly, um, but then I found his his management, who's his son actually, yes. and I managed to get in with his son Anon, and um, he's like, "Cool man, just he was full of as you'd expect yeah. with you know being Wim Hof's son." He's like, "Hey man, cool, all right, I'll check it out soon." And I didn't hear for, hear back for a while. I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to hear about this." And then um, and then got a got a, a message back saying that they were happy for me to use his um, to use his voice. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever you want in return. He's like, nah, man, we don't want anything. Oh. Are you spreading the love? Like, you know, all blessings to you and stuff like that. And it was just amazing. And um, so I was, I still can't believe it that I've managed to kind of do that and be able to put some music out with his voice on it. Because his, his voice is just, as you know, as much of his, 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 his journey and his legacy and his voice is just amazing. It's, it's just so rich and yeah. powerful and inspiring. And yeah. There's a vibration to it. It's, it's, it's very calming and soothing. Mm. Totally. As mm. with your song. So when, when was that great. moment when you got the yes to go ahead with his voice? I was in a I was in a pub in Margaret okay. River. I'd been doing a show the the night before, and I was watching someone else's show the night after. And um I remember I was actually with some people and I was like, yes. <laughs> so then I then had to explain yeah, what yeah. I was so excited about. Um, yeah, but uh, I was very excited when I got that message. Email yeah. came through. Yes. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Oh, those are the moments yeah. to hold on to, aren't they? They're just moments oh, when you totally, get complete totally. confirmation that what you're doing is, you know, is on the right track. Exactly. Yeah. I was listening. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, what drew me to interview was listening to those tracks as well. Um, but I was listening mm-hmm. to those tracks again this morning with my chaotic morning that I've had and actually listening to the, the layers of the music with the trumpet in the run track as well as those vocals coming through. It actually got me to just sit and breathe. It's it's so beautifully done and composed. Uh, so thank you. Oh, mm. thank you. 
Oh, great. I'm glad it was of service to you in a certain way. It was very much of service to me. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> and um, and so Strong Hands is the track that you mentioned that, that Tijuana Cartel had already, um, you mentioned earlier, was that the one that they remixed? So then you added yeah. in a sample of Wim Hof on that as well. Um, no, this isn't then. Um, have any of the Tijuana Cartel oh, no, remixed? No. This is the original. Okay. This is the original version with yeah with Wim Hof on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of the the third version yeah. of Strong Hands that I've released now. Yeah. And what is exciting you at the moment? Uh, mm. Musically. Well, anything but musically. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've been. Um, <laughs> what's I know. Um, music, musically. Um, yeah, I've been back in the studio again recently. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I kind of gave myself a challenge over the last lockdown of writing a kind of a new like percussive tapping guitar piece yep. every day, um, which was which was great to do. I think I did about ten or twelve days in a row, um, and. <laughs> I hate to say it, but like putting myself in a routine musically actually like really benefited me. It kind of it let a lot of stuff come out. Um, so I went straight back in the studio to try and start kind of putting those mm. together. Um, so that the idea I want for that is to have like kind quite technical acoustic guitar playing with more more so than my previous um, songs, more uh, like singer songwriter kind of storytelling mm-hmm. lyrics in a way. Just something I've not done too much um, with my previous um, material it's a bit more kind of ambiguous mm. and uh, and and it's I guess it's usually been more focused on the guitar but I'm trying to kind of focus on both a bit more um, for these tracks so I'm, I'm back in the studio at the moment doing that and it's it's really refreshing mm, it's exciting and um, it's kind of yeah it's pushing me a little bit and it's um, yeah it's feeling nice I'm kind of writing nostalgically about home mm. uh, about what, where I grew up and things I would do as a kid and oh. things like that so it's it's really nice and yeah. that writing in the morning will help that, you know, streamline writing in the morning will help that that come out. Well, yes, I must have haven't done it in a in a couple of weeks, but I was I was in a good routine there. But then I think you know, I was I was snapped myself out of routine somehow. It went I think it went away and then all of a sudden routine was gone was gone. So I need to try and get myself back into mm. that that routine, yeah. Cause that would definitely help. It does, yeah. Mm. Ah. Do you do you do you write much at all? I are do, you, uh, and it's interesting. Yeah. Are you do you keep routined in it? I was going to say that we. I'm in Sydney, and once I interviewed Lisa Mitchell just before we went into this harsh lockdown. And yes, I did mm-hmm. write, but I do also get out of routine. It's so normal, you know. We have to be gentle yeah. on ourselves. But she rec- she reminded me of the Artist Way, the book which I've had on my shelf for decades, and I've never oh. I've never finished mm-hmm. it. And just after editing that interview, I was like, I am going to make a commitment to myself to get up before my children and just stream, just let the writing come out. And I have filled a whole book. I have been committed to it every single day. And I have my cup of tea. You know, don't always light the candle, but like to light the candle. And that's my time and no one's allowed to bother me. So it's 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 so, and then I meditate. I have a a mindfulness Mm -hmm. practice, even if that's just sitting in stillness. Um, But it really yeah. sets you up to to just brain almost brain dump and being a creative person it really does help yeah but, oh good on you that's 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 a great achievement like it's quite hard to it do is. really did you did you um were you able to just let your like a stream of consciousness come yes. out because I find myself kind of judging like oh I don't want to write about that again but so I'm trying to force myself to just allow just anything and everything to come out on the page were you able to do that completely yeah yeah. Oh, good. So once, nice. once I find, for me, once I just 
surrender to the mind shatter and come back into, you know, that breath that you're talking about that you connect with with Wim Hof mm. and just take all the judgment mm. away and just write freely without thinking. It's incredible what comes out. And don't yeah. read back over it <laughs> necessarily because it's mumbo jump. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. I jump from one thing to another. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, you can interview Wicked. me. Any more questions oh, you have for me? <laughs> so many. All right, go and shoot me. One more. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, what's uh, okay? What's your? Um, we talked about practice before. What apart from that practice? What's your? What's your your main practice in life that you would? No, no, that you, that you find consistent. Meditation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Connect. I feel like yeah. yeah. When you said meditate, when you said meditation before, I could just feel yeah. your kind of your love for it in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I have, I was, I suffered a lot from panic attacks and anxiety. And to me, mm. you know, meditation or mindfulness or stillness, you know, and nature, I would say nature is the other thing. I like putting my mm. feet on the ground, I like getting in the ocean. Um, and I'm really struggling in lockdown about that, uh, not getting to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was talking to my mum about it this morning and saying it just feels really restricting that I can't just drive and put my feet in the ocean and my body, you know. And, um, mm. yeah, she, she was just saying how it is a real lesson for us to just really notice what's around us. So I'm noticing at the moment. I think my number one is just connecting with nature in whatever form that is. So this morning I literally took my shoes mm. off and walked around my backyard mindful, you know, with every, mindful yeah, of yeah. every step. Um, some, some and the baths yeah. every afternoon, you know, that's my submersion into water. <laughs> only, only hot baths? Well, I, yeah, I'm not. I was introduced to Wim Hof many times, had opportunities to do the workshop, but my constitution, I haven't been able to do it. I will, I, I'm willing to give it a go. I can do the breath, but I can't submerge, yeah. in, submerge myself in ice. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Fair. listeners. I interview Fair. many yeah. people. Ash Grunwald loved it and we had a big chat about it. And his wife, Danny, and I were like, no, it's not for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a yeah, huge fan. Yeah. Stuff, we yeah. had a chat um, mm -hmm. and back in my, he was one of my first interviews. And then he came back on last year when I was in, when we were in lockdown. Um, yeah. Cool. So. Another another hero of the, of the scene, another man of a big legacy in the Australian yeah. music scene. Yeah. 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 He's fantastic. He is. He's definitely adapting to the new ways was our chat that we did on One Space Love. I could keep chatting with you. It's really nice chatting with you. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Um, how can we support you um, doing what you love in these times right now? How can people connect with you? All my music's on Spotify and, and Apple Music and um, all the usual suspects. And I post everything on Facebook and Instagram uh, about shows and new music coming up. And um, yeah, if anybody feels like it, that's where it's at. I, I Beautiful. Have, yeah, I, don't, I try not to force anything too much. Just if, if people connect with it, then feel free to. But, yeah. yeah, I really recommend everyone check out these new mixes with featuring Wim Hof that are available. We will yeah. share them. And that would be great. Let's finish up by asking you um, when. Um, you know, travel seemed to be a very big part of your 
your journey and something that you were passionate about and it's what led you over to Australia. Um, how are mm. you feeling about what's ahead for us? Like how are you feeling with all of that, with travel and? Mm. Um, yeah, kind of I have a few moments where I kind of feel a bit um, a bit stationary and I kind mm. of, um, even though I, I'm running frequently, um, but there's, there's something about the movement of being on the road and just that kind of constant home um, for long drives and kind of missing that a mm. little bit. Um, but in Western Australia, and there's plenty of long driving to be done <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of missing the the new towns and and you know, getting back over east and getting back to New Zealand and getting back to the UK to to do shows and see family and friends, of course. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm aware that there's not too much I can mm. do about it. Um, so I'm just making the most of where I am and and feeling content with that, like I mentioned at the start, I guess. Um, yeah, but I'd like to keep traveling as soon as I'm able to. Yeah, it comes yeah. down to gratitude of mm. where you are at this moment, isn't it? Which I think yeah, is full circle sure. to what we very started grateful. for. You seem very grateful. Oh, yeah, done. very content <laughs> in where you are. And I'm really, I, I'm really looking forward to hear what's emerging out of you at the moment. It sounds like you're in a new space um, hmm. with mind, body, and soul. And I'm interested to see what it is that comes out in musically for you. So please stay in touch with me. Oh, great, mm. thanks. Shall mm-hmm. do for sure. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Steph. It's been a, a lovely chat. Thank you so much for joining me today on One Space Love. Oh, pleasure. Thanks, Steph. You've been listening to One Space Love Podcast and I'm Steph Pappas. Thank you for listening. You can head over to onespace.love to learn more about what it is One Space is and over on the website, all of the previous podcasts are available. You can watch the chats on video on our YouTube channel, One Space Love. You can also see the music that's featured and see how to connect with the radio shows that I'm on, Radio Byron and Bondi Beach Radio that I feature weekly where I share these chats as well as music. I hope these shows inspire you to create more space in your life for doing what you love.